You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, we've all heard those horrifying stories of people who've either been scammed or their identity has been stolen. So what do we need to know about what's happening so that we can protect ourselves and those we love? We are talking about that with Glenn Zimmerman, Christian Financial Planner with Kenneth Frankie and Company. Glenn, good morning and welcome back to the program. Good morning. Good to be with you guys. You know, we got a call from someone claiming to be our bank. They were using our bank's phone number. They had all the information. And we just we hung up and called the bank and said, is this true? And they were like, no, that's they kind of ghost our number. I mean, this they're getting very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And it it's really scary what's out there, isn't it? If I had an applause button, I would hit it because you did it exactly right. <laughs> yes, yeah. they are. You, you you hung up and and you didn't interact. And we're going to talk about it. It's, it kind of goes against our grain to not interact with people. But you're right. They're getting super sophisticated. And, you know, it's it's really sad because it seems like, you know, we've talked about this this issue in the, in the past. And it's kind of, a, oh, this is for older people. You know, only old people are, are victims. It's really not true. I mean, it, anybody can be. And I, I think we have to kind of move away from from this is an older person type problem, right? Mm-hmm. And anyone can be. And there's kind of two camps. So there's t- the traditional types of fraud. And these are the ones most people we think think of. You know, a virus gets on your computer, gets hacked, your credit card information's out there somewhere, you know, Typical. That, in fact, that happened last week to me. All of a sudden, we got a charge on our card, bank call. There was some, something on Apple. Somehow, information got out there. Got a new card. No big deal, right? Or they, you know, they get a whole social security number and they file uh, for a new credit card you don't have. That's all traditional. It's still happening. Still dangerous. But there's some newer ways. And Eric, that scenario you just mentioned is one of them where they're just acting like a business, acting like a person of authority, and they're getting us to talk to them uh, to, re- to generate trust, to reveal important information, or they're getting us to click on an email that looks extreme. You cannot tell. Like, we do training in our business on cybersecurity. It's unbelievable. Like, you, you cannot tell really what's fake. Sometimes you can see very closely, but in general, the email's are amazing what they can do. Fake text messages, you know, is another one. And then it just kind of opens this door to either a virus or they trick you into, we're doing this to help you. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be um, a fake computer security company even, you know, where they, oh, you need to do this to protect yourself from fraud. And it's, they're really the fraudsters. So um, the phone calls are, are a really common one. Everything from, you know, where the IRS, social security, any government agency sounds very scary, a uh, court, and it's hard not to go, wait a minute, what's that? No, that's not right. And we let our guard down. So those are some sort of situations that that's going on out there. But I really want to get across that we all need to be aware of this and kind of move away from, yeah, we need to talk to our parents and grandparents. Um, now, it's People of all ages are being victims. Yeah, and awareness is key, which is why I'm so glad you're here to talk to us about this. All right, Eric gave one scenario, but you most likely have encountered a number of them. So can you give us another example of the ways people are trying to, you know, dupe regular people like us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is, and this is why I want to talk about this. This literally happened last week, and I'm going to be sort of vague and change some things just, Mm -hmm. you know, to for safety and everything. But basically... Uh, someone had someone call me 
and they said someone had posed as, as a representative of Microsoft, which is very creative because so much of our software, computer software, is tied to Microsoft. It could be any, any company, really. Same idea. And they tricked them into letting them enter their computer to, quote, fix something, mm -hmm. right? Well, this led to fraudulent credit card charges and even led to fraudulent withdrawals from their bank, which is really you know, more damaging. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, the damage was kind of done by the time I was able to talk with this person. The, the key, though, is it's still fixable. It's going to take some time. There's a lot of hassle factor to it. New bank account, new credit cards, you know, police reports. Um, and then the sad thing is, in trying to fix the problem, they got hold somehow in a bad internet search. They get, they were trying to get hold of a computer company to help them fix their computer that had been hacked. That that site was a fraud, and that's caused <clears throat> another potential fraud. You know, so it's just kind of layer upon layer. Really tough situation. That's an example of a reaching out through an email. And then the second example, which is kind of even more bizarre, um, this one involves Social Security. And this is kind of brilliant to me on the, on the part of the criminals because Social Security is so important to everybody and, and it's powerful and there's a lot of money there. So someone received a phone call and they were claiming to be from law enforcement and they were saying that their Social Security number has been hacked and being used in financial crimes like money laundering or something like that and that they need to move their money to prevent it from being frozen. Okay, so it's like, whoa, okay, it sounds bizarre. But then they actually gave a name of an agent and an agency where they were. So this person I talked to calls this agency and says, yeah, there is a person here that works by that name. That was legit. So that really freaked them out. So I was able to talk to them and I asked, uh, we kind of talked through the situation, I asked, have you actually called Social Security yourself? And they hadn't. So I urged them, call them. They, they deal with this all the time. There's countless types of Social Security fraud. Bottom line, they called, they were able to report the fraud, no damage was done. But this was amazing, because I'm trying to imagine like the, you know, it's like a long con in a way. What what could have happened next? They move the money, then you need to move it here. Who knows what? But it could have been some really disastrous consequences. Um, and I will tell you, both of these people were not that old. They were very much of sound mind, uh, sharp people. So, you know, it's not like it's just the frail and infirm or something. But that that's kind of examples of what's going on. There's a lot of variations of that. Yeah, well, talking to our bank, they were almost in awe of how um, creative they are. Now, it's not a good awe, but I'm yeah. just saying they understand that they are up against some really um, impressive minds. And they're, you know, your bank is working very, very hard for you to keep your money safe. Uh, be, yep, well be, um, be in constant, if you have to, communication with them about these things. And what you're saying is not just your bank, but it's a lot of other places also. Part of the problem, though, is you, you fall for this and you're like, I can't believe I just fell for that. And you're almost embarrassed to go to somebody, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just it's you, you feel duped. You feel stupid. You feel foolish. You don't want to bother people. You don't you don't want to admit to yourself <laughs> that this has happened. And and it, in both of the well, several instances you know, over the past year that I've talked to people about this, you can hear it. You know, I mean, I can hear it in their voice. They, I can't believe this happened. I, oh, I'm so stupid. You know, and and it, you know, the first thing I would say is 
you know, of course people don't want to admit it, not talk about it. You have to talk about it to your point, Eric, you've got to communicate and there is a lot of emotion. So I say, you know, don't just be afraid of hurting feelings before these things get out there. Talk to your friends and parents and grandparents about what's going on out there and the new ways that, that this can be happening, the, the devastating and criminal creativity, so to speak, that's going on. So people, we can be aware of it. Um, I think the conversation when we talk to people needs to be more of a, we all kind of need to rather than you need to, and more of a encouragement, encouraging them to reach out. If anything seems amiss, or there's a question, any email that they get, somebody says it's from their bank, you know, hang up, call somebody uh, that, that you trust. Um, and, and then if, you know, if there, a fraud has taken place, it gets a little tricky because you can have to balance this empathy with action. Time really does become the enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, the banks and credit card companies have to be called. Passwords have to be changed. Uh, police reports may have to be filed. So, you know, feeling bad about making a bad decision, that's understandable on part of the victim, but you kind of have to encourage them. Hey, that's the past. Let's learn from it. Let's move on. Let, let's, let's fix it. And, and I do think it's really important uh, for everyone, especially in this sense, maybe it's more of an issue for elderly because they may not have family they can trust nearby or whatever, but they, there needs to be someone that you can contact that you trust that, that will help you get through this. And, and I do think, you know, learning from these mistakes, that's going to happen naturally. I think lectures and scolding, that's not that helpful. We need to more, be more of kind of an education uh, with each other about this issue and and more talking, less scolding, if you will. But it's, it's, of course, very embarrassing. Yeah. Well, Glenn, our time is quickly wrapping up here. But what are some ways we can actually, you know, be on the front end of this and prevent this from happening to us? Yeah, let me just run through some some key things here. And this is I'm just going to say this, this sounds radical, um, extreme, but I feel like we're, we're at that point. Do not answer the phone. If it's not from a number that that you know, like if if you don't recognize a number, let it go to your voicemail. Um, I know it's crazy, but I think it really would save a lot of time, save a lot of heartache. Uh, contact lists in your phone, they are your friend. You know, anybody that's your friend or family, trusted business, whatever, put it in your contacts so you recognize it. And if it's something important, people are gonna leave a message, okay? And the same applies to texts and emails do not respond to an unknown text message or email if there's any doubt uh if it appears to be something like from your bank like eric was talking go look on your own statement the back of your own credit card and call them yourself and ask just like the situation with social security we talked about call social security itself um the irs they don't use phone calls they just send letters saying you owe us lots of money right right they don't they don't need to do that they have all the time in the world there's you know generally the same thing with law enforcement all these alarming you got to act quickly those are red flags so just key is don't interact with people you don't know if there's any doubt or question get a second opinion and it's strange because it kind of goes against our our idea of being kind to strangers, especially as people of faith. And sadly, it's the world we live in. We kind of have to act against that. Mm -hmm. So real quickly to some other practical things. Uh, of course, be careful with passwords, change them, use complicated ones. Here's the big thing that I think is, is really important that could help. Use something called two-factor authentication. What that is, you have a your normal password, but also 
when you put your password in, you will get a text message on your phone with a six digit code you have to use and it's new each time. Um, some, there are also authentication apps you can use e either way. Most banks, credit card companies, anything financial, even Amazon has this. Um, but I, I read one cybersecurity expert and they said it reduces hacking identity theft by computer like this by 97%. Mm. It's kind of inconvenient. It's not a big deal. We, we do it in our business in every facet. It's not a problem. So that's a new thing I highly recommend. Get a tax identity pen from, from the IRS. You can request it. Basically, this pre prevents any tax return being filed without the six-digit pen. They give you a new one every year. Easy thing to do. Um, this is a little different too. Digital, uh, digital wallets, things like uh, Apple Pay or using PayPal, it's another layer of security and it reduces the number of times that your credit card is just kind of out there you know, on the, on the internet that, that could be hacked. Again, a little awkward, but you get used to it. Those are just some basic steps we can do. Um, again, keeping credit reports frozen, we've talked about before, we know that. So I, I'm sad we have to have this conversation, but I think it's important we need to keep talking about it and be open about it. This is the world we live in. And, uh, and I will say too, sadly, you know, hacking identity theft, this is not just an internet thing. Often uh, real physical paper that's put through the mail that's that's arguably more dangerous, you know, than sending encrypted emails. So there's nothing, there's not a perfect, safe way to do this. Mm -hmm. We just have to do the best we can. Mm. Well, uh, I would also say that if the police department doesn't have a line or a chain of events from uh, numerous people that they can't really report on anything or do anything. So it, it's not necessarily bad to at least call your police department and say, hey, this just happened. Do you need to know about this? Uh, if they do, they'll let you know and they'll ask for more information. If they don't, they'll say, yeah, we've heard about this. We're on top of it. Uh, they're not going to um, they're not going to dismiss your call. That's for sure. Absolutely. And and I think it's important because then you're helping others. You're right. letting people know, hey, there's a ring going on. And, and I will say this, too, with your bank. You know, banks should be on this, like you said, Eric, earlier. But sometimes you have to be an advocate. You have to say, listen, right. I need help. You know, you got to push a little bit. And that's important as well. Well, Glenn, this has been so helpful as we think about how to protect ourselves from some of these scam and identity thefts that seems to be on the rise. How do we be aware and help those around us as well? You've always been helpful. Today was no different. Thank you, Glenn, for joining us. My, my pleasure, guys. Have a great week.